Hello and welcome to Atlantic Conversations. I'm Fanula Sweeney. The Atlantic Fellowship Program works with a diverse community of leaders around the world with a common commitment to fairer, healthier, more inclusive societies. Through its seven programs focused on equity and healthcare, socio-economic equity and racial equity, the Atlantic Fellowships offer those leaders an opportunity to gain new perspectives and new colleagues while strengthening their confidence in their work for change. In each podcast, I'll be speaking to an Atlantic Fellow about their work and ambitions for a more just world. For this series, I travelled to Cape Town to meet up with some of the first Atlantic Fellows for Health Equity South Africa at Takano. Today, I'm joined by Shinaz Munshi, a researcher for the Sonka Change Trial Project based at the Witt School of Public Health. I began by asking Shanaz where she was from in South Africa and what had prompted her to become involved in public health issues. I was born in the East Rand in Johannesburg, a little town called Actonville, where my family settled when they came to South Africa from India. My grandfather had a blanket shop. He sold Sutu blankets. He learned all the languages like Sutu and Zulu and Afrikaans and English, whereas Gujarati was his first language. And I think it's his value system that informs me today. He's a great influence in my life. Having come in 1920, he lived through many difficult struggles that the Indian community in South Africa faced, mostly being apartheid. However, the Indian community was very resilient and integrated within the community, which is actually just a township outside of Benoni. They went to school with and played with everybody who lived in the township. Although later on, my father will describe that schools for Indian young people differentiated from schools with black young children. And he recently told me a story where the children in the school where black students went, spent most of their day gardening. Whereas as an Indian young boy, he was exposed to maths and science and other academic skills. And so it left him feeling constantly uncomfortable about the inequities in education going on around him. I grew up in a family that is strongly rooted in justice and equality, seeing the country transition to democracy. And my earliest memories is going to Nelson Mandela's inauguration in Pretoria in the Union Buildings in 1994. My journey started as an occupational therapist. I'm a practitioner at heart, but I was frustrated by the fact that every day I would be working with children and adults dealing with disabilities and conditions that I felt were preventable. The frustration drove me to study a master's in public health. I am now in the University of the Witwatersrand School of Public Health in a research project management position where the project itself is trying to tackle and measure and study inequalities in health. Currently, I am building partnerships with organizations such as the Southern Center for Inequality Studies, where their ambition is to generate knowledge from the South, led by researchers in the South, to tackle inequalities in the South, as opposed to the global North where knowledge, hierarchy, 
is dominant, where funding streams to universities in the North determine research questions and decide how us in the Global South must be, understand, research and tackle the problems here. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's complex. As a South African, as a young person, to me, as we're thinking about decolonizing education and knowledge, it's important to be reflective of who I am, where I come from, what my influences are. The fact that I'm possibly trained in westernized university with a dominating Western thought, what does that mean when I think, talk, and reflect about inequalities? Who am I representing? The politics of representation is important. The project I was working on previously was on gender-based violence in structurally violent communities where really the history of the country has shaped that society. But as an outsider, somebody who lives in the suburbs, studying gender-based violence, gender inequalities, when I don't even speak those languages in those communities, it is a very uncomfortable position that I sit in and something that I need to grapple with. Can I come up with solutions for that community? In South African society, because it's such a separated society, because of the legacy, the language I speak is Afrikaans or English. So I don't have access to those languages. And it does affect me as a researcher, and it affects the authenticity of the way research is done as a university. You're painting a picture of a siloed, departmental, segregated way of working. Has the fellowship had an impact on that at all? The fellowship was a space where power, privilege, positionality was discussed regularly in many different forums, and we really pushed the envelope in thinking through these things. What I'm trying to paint a picture of is not a problem specific for my life, but a problem that South Africa as a country is needing to put on the table and really grapple with. Because the fellows directed the conversations towards power, privilege, positionality, in some ways questioning the program staff, questioning other fellows, we did dig quite deeply into these issues, sometimes without answers, sometimes raising deeper questions. But definitely, it was an opportunity to learn and grow and really think about these issues more deeply. More immediately, what is your greatest ambition or challenge in your professional life? For me, the big challenge is a frustration that the country's politics determines a lot of the way that health is organized and thought through, and that in South Africa, we struggle with a lack of leadership and accountability. Even though as a practitioner, I might do the best I can as a researcher, I might come up with a policy recommendation. For example, my research for my master's was on the policy implementation gap of the Community Health Worker Project, which is really trying to tackle and re-engineer primary health care and shift from curative care to primary health care. Yet when you look at that policy, so many of the recommendations are known. So many policy recommendations are very clearly studied, yet government continues to make those same mistakes. And the question is why? 
And do you think that that is something you will be able to get to the heart of in your work anytime soon? Or is that just such a huge challenge that it will take maybe years to unravel and resolve? The potential for the fellowship is that we generate leaders who are willing in an interdisciplinary way to collaboratively, based in advocacy, work towards holding government more accountable more often. Research can only go so far. Practice can only go so far. I also sit on the steering committee of the People's Health Movement, which is really a social movement trying to provide an alternative civil society voice based in research, but based in lived experiences on the ground to inform, to mobilize, to organize, to have marches, workshops, information sessions, and to tackle the problems that people raise from the ground. It's not me that needs to be driving the agenda. It's really as a collective society from the ground up. Do you think there are voices that you could perhaps learn from in the wider international community? I'm thinking particularly of the Atlantic Fellows programs that are health equity based. My exposure to the Australian Fellows was particularly inspiring. As a community, many of the Australian Fellows are Aboriginal people. And And Maori. And Maori. The Atlantic Fellows for Social Equity. Their struggle is historically traces back hundreds of years. We're mobilizing now after sort of dream rainbow nation period. And there's a lot we can learn from them and the gains that they've made. And it's about building solidarity, yes, but also being able to be critical of each other too. As well as supportive. Yeah, I think so. And I think if the Atlantic group can nurture a kind of critical reflection between each other, that will bring stronger questions that may lead to solutions rather than looking just for solutions only. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Shinaz Munshi, Atlantic Fellow for Health Equity South Africa at Decano. For more information, you can visit www.atlanticfellows.org. I'm Fanula Sweeney, and you've been listening to the Atlantic Conversations podcast.